What is going on, everybody? Weird Wednesday, volume 25, March 30th. Michael, how you doing? March 31st. 30th. Bro, oh, 31st. Today's Monday. Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> there you That's go. How the brains work. There you go. Hey, baby. Um, I just got through with an absolute grueling day at work. Terrible day. <laughs> so yeah, but we're but we're here to just you know shed some light that's right so as always i'm very happy to be here and uh that's about all i got how are you doing today jack doing well doing well just had some pretty crazy news coming out of the uh the southern conference here for etsu but hey we're moving forward there you go there you go so it's wednesday that means we're learning we got yeah. our learning caps on today what are we talking about? I don't really know if we're learning a lot on this, but it is uh, <laughs> is pr- probably the most infamous unsolved murder case of all time that we're talking about today. Ooh, so we're talking okay. a little bit of true crime, but then also a little bit of like conspiracy theory within okay. the whole thing. So we are talking about John Bonet Ramsey. So ah. do you know anything about this case or anything about who she is? Uh, not a lot. Like I definitely know the name and a very, very small bit of the backstory and that's about it. Yeah. So I feel like John Bernay Ramsey is, uh, the name that like whenever like somebody hears it, they're like, yeah, like I, I've like heard the name before, but I don't really know like what happened. Yep. So we'll get into that. So she was born on August 6, 1990 to John and Patsy Ramsey. And, like, just a little bit of background on her. She was, like, a beauty pageant star growing up, like, from a very young age. Okay. Um, Her mother, like, put her through, like, beauty pageants and everything like that because I believe her mother was actually a beauty pageant star when she was younger. So it's kind of like, hey, like, like mother, like daughter type of thing. Sure. Um, And then she had one older brother who was, I believe, three years older than her. Okay. Um, And that's kind of all the backstory that you need to know. So then this is where it gets, you know. Kind of dark, to say the least. Um, so fast forward six years later, Christmas Day, 1996. Uh, they come back from a Christmas party, and they put their kids to sleep. This is December 25th, the night of December 25th, into the 26th. Okay. Um, so then the morning of the 26th, the mom, Patsy, wakes up around 5.30 to make coffee uh, and walks down their staircase to find a ransom note. Uh, and this, the, she, at this point, she doesn't know anything's wrong. Um, and immediately goes to check on like the kid's bed and finds that John Bonet is not in her bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so this ransom note is maybe the, it is, it is definitely the most interesting part of this case. In my opinion, maybe one of the most interesting things I've ever seen regarding a case like this. Okay. So again, this at the time is a ransom note for a supposed kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Of John Bonet Ramsey. One thing that's interesting about this ransom note is it's two and a half pages long and handwritten. So you think of like a ransom note, like you think it'd be like pretty short and to the point. Like, hey, yeah. I have your daughter, give me X amount of money, here's how you're gonna do it. Like you can write that in like a fourth of a page. That's right. it. That's really all you need. You can write that in like a sticky note. Like you don't need two and a half pages long. Yeah. Also, the ransom amount that they're asking for is exactly $118,000. So the reason that that is weird is because 
it is uh, the exact amount that the father, John, got for his Christmas bonus that year. So immediately something like that kind of raises a flag where it's like, all right, why wouldn't she just be like, hey, give me $120,000. Like, yeah. give me $150,000. Give me one hundred ten. It's asking for the exact amount that their dad made for their Christmas bonus. So immediately it like kind of raises the red flag of like, uh, like how did they know in a way? Right. Right. Uh, one quick tangent here. That's a good Christmas bonus. I wish I got that as a Christmas bonus. That's all I'm going to say. He is a, uh, he was like a very successful businessman. Okay. Good so, for him. You know, got, got a lot of money, but again, yep. very weird that it, uh, like almost lines up perfectly with, uh, the amount of money that they made, you know? Right. right. Also, uh, not only was this uh, ransom note written that was two and a half pages long, uh, it was also written inside the house in the office of the uh, Ramsey household. So, Wait, how did they know that? Uh, two reasons. One, so like I said, it was handwritten. So yeah. when you write something on like a stack of paper, the, oh. the indent goes down to the other page. Yeah. And so they could see the indent also they had like ripped like crumpled up pieces of paper in the trash can that were like the start of the note and they like kept messing up and throwing it away so it's like they tried to write this note multiple times this person so, literally sat, sat down to write a novel yeah okay but that's the other thing if you're kidnapping someone don't you think a you'd have the kidnapping note like the ransom note ready before you like got there yeah so immediately like raises a red flag I mean, I'm no, I'm no kidnapping expert, but that just seems like it might be standard practice. Also, just based on like solely time, like for me to write full on two and a half pages, like that's going to take me like 30 minutes. Single spaced? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's I mean, a long time. You're writing here, dude. Like it's not, it's not like you're just typing it out, you type it out real fast, blah, 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 done. Like they sat there and wrote this note for a long period of time. I don't know if you have the answer to this, but uh, was it written in standard print or cursive? I I don't know. (laughs) I I couldn't tell you. Just thought I'd ask. Um, But so like I said, this note was written inside the house. It's two and a half pages long and knows the exact amount of money that the dad made for his Christmas bonus this year. Also, uh, the note explicitly says, don't call police and that the kidnappers would call them between 8 and 10 in the morning. So, like I said, Patsy finds this note at 5.30 when she wakes up. Yeah. Uh, She immediately calls the police, and the police are at the house by 6 a.m. searching the house. So, immediately it was just like, yeah, you know, fuck that. Like, I'm not not listening to it. I'm calling the police. Which is one thing where, like, there's a lot of things in this this story where – Hindsight, yeah, it's probably a stupid move, but like, I don't know what I would have done in that situation. Like, you put me in that situation, I don't know what I'm doing either. Oh um, yeah, pray to God we're never in this situation. Yeah, and it's just like one of those things where you, you can't really, you know, you can't really be like, oh, here's what I would do, obviously, because it's such a you know high stress situation that you just don't know. Right. Um. So, like I said, the police get there at six a.m. and they search the house. So they search every part of the house except the one room in the basement. And the reason they don't search this room is because the door is locked and you can only lock the door from the outside. Okay. So from like the, the side that the basement 
that they're like checking. That's the only yeah. place you can lock the door. And so yeah. the police are thinking, okay, if it's locked from the outside and this is a kidnapping and someone took John Bernay, there's no way they went out this way because they couldn't have locked that door. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, they couldn't, if they would have had to lock this door, they would have had to go out this way, take John Bernay outside, come back in the house, lock the door and then go out a different way. So wait, was the was the door to another room or to the outside? It's to another room. Don't tell me that that's where they found him. So, also, it's a her. Her. Uh, so, like I said, they don't they don't look in this room because you know obviously it's like one of those things where like you lock it from the inside or you lock it from like the outside of that room. Like, there's no way that that person could have got out there and you know took John Bonet Ramsey out that back door. So also when the the lead investigator gets there, uh, they tell John Ramsey, the dad, and the one of John's friends that is there to go and search the house, which is just absolutely ridiculous that that was ever allowed because yeah. this is a potential crime scene. And like at a crime scene, you have to be extremely careful so that you don't tamper with any evidence mm-hmm. or like mess up anything. So it's like, all right, immediately you're like, this is stupid. Like, this is a uh, just a terrible idea. Yeah. Um, and oddly enough, the first place that John and his friend go, straight to the basement. And this time, they do check the locker room. And when they do, they find the body of six-year-old John Bernay Ramsey uh, in the room. She Come had on. been uh, strangled and beaten. Um, but when John gets down there to John Bernay's body... He picks it up and runs it upstairs. So immediately this tampers with basically all the evidence in the crime scene. So this is something yeah. that's like super interesting because yeah, hindsight, like I said, hindsight 2020, that's a stupid move because you, it almost looks like you're blatantly messing with the evidence, right? It almost looks like you are the one that is tampering with it. However, yeah. like put yourself in his shoes. Like I find my like six year old daughter, like laying down there, like I'm going to pick her up and I'm going to try to get as much help as I can. Like immediately. Right. Like, right. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So like mm-hmm. I, a lot of people will point to that and be like, Oh, here's him like blatantly tampering with evidence. But at the same time, it's like, dude, you're telling me like, if you saw your like daughter or son, down there like you're not gonna like try to like pick them up and rush them upstairs like any medics that are there like i don't know it's a heat of the moment thing and yeah it's stupid it was stupid for them even to let them like search the house yeah 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 and so when the police got there the only part of the room that the only part of the house that was you know like taped off and told that like nobody could go in there was john Bernays room the rest of the house was like yeah anybody could like walk around it and so so wait, you may have touched on this already, but I'm just trying to keep this straight in my mind. When those people searched the house, was that before or after the cops had initially came? When John Ramsey and his friends searched the house? Yeah. So the cops came, they searched the house. They don't find anything, but they don't go in the locked room. After okay. that, okay. they're like a lead investigator gets there. That's like not just, you know, the, the, the random, you know, like squad patrol that they call like dispatch yeah. that rolls them out an actual like investigator gets there and they Mm -hmm. tell John and his friend to go search the house, which like I said is crazy in the first place because like it, it's not just like some squad car that's rolling by this plane. Like, Hey, yeah, John, you and your buddy go search the house. It's like, it's the investigator who should know the protocol to an investigation like this and shouldn't have even let him do it in the first place. 
Right. Right. So okay, this is it. They search the house after the police do their uh, invi- uh, like initial search. So, yeah. uh, Jamine was found with her mouth covered in duct tape and her wrist and neck covered in a cord, which was used to make a makeshift garrote, which is basically like a uh, strangling device with like two handles on the end of a like a string or a rope that is used to like choke someone out basically. Yikes. Uh, and this is something that's very interesting because it's the first bit of evidence that shows that this was never really intended to be a kidnapping in the first place. Because if you make one of these things, you have every intention of using it. And therefore you didn't even intend to, you know, kidnap this person either. You just mm-hmm. intended to kill them. It's yeah. like premeditated, like you were going to kill whoever you were bringing this to. Right. But also, uh, the one thing that was weird is that one of the handles of the grab was made from one of Patsy's paintbrushes, so the mother's paintbrush. So not only was the ransom note written in the house, you'd have to think that this grab was also made in the house. So the timeline that if you are going with somebody outside of the family did this, the time that they would have to spend in the house before the mother wakes up at 5.30 is upwards of like probably an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, they're spending a lot of time here. And it's something that like, like I said, like if this was supposed to be a kidnapping, like they left that ransom, they're like, you're in and out, dude. Like you're not, right. you're not staying around here anytime. Right. Uh, not only did uh, she have all this covering like her, like her mouth covered and everything like that, she also had a gash on her head that was over eight inches long. So, again, she's six years old. Her head's mm-hmm. not that big. So mm-hmm. a gash that is eight inches is huge. Yeah. And this wasn't the cause of death. The coroner said it was like uh, asphyxiation, so like being strangled to death. However – there was no mention of any blood in the house. So you're thinking that you have this eight inch gash on the top of this six year old girl's head. Yeah. Like there's gotta be blood somewhere. Right. Nope. None. There was no mention of any blood. So then you also have to think like, did, did they clean up that blood that pushes the time that they're there? If this is a kidnapping that, that pushes the time that they're there up even more 30 minutes. At yeah. least yeah. five minutes. Like, what are they there? Two hours? How long were these people in the house if it's a kidnapping? Right. Also, something that was like kind of very like abnormal, or not like very abnormal, but just kind of like weird. Um, that is like, I don't really think it has anything to do with the investigation, but there are some people that think it has to do with the investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they did the autopsy on her, there's a piece of undigested pineapple in her stomach. And this is weird because their parents like swore up and down that they don't feed her pineapple. They were like, we don't like, like the brother eats that, but like, she doesn't eat that. Like they don't like, we don't let her have pineapple, but there's a piece of undigested pineapple in her stomach. That is a very weird finding. So like I said, this is probably the most infamous unsolved murder case because to this day it is still not solved. And basically the two options you have with this is a, someone broke into their house, tried to abduct and then kill John Bonet Ramsey, or mm-hmm. 
someone inside the house did it and they have all covered up for each other and nobody has figured out who it is. What the heck? Do you do you have any like are you leaning one way or the other or uh I don't know. I mean, I could see both scenarios playing out. I'm I think that I'm kind of leaning towards it being someone in the family just because of all the extenuating circumstances of you know the the way the whatever thing was made and like the amount of time that it would take to write that sort of note um the somewhat blatant also may not be blatant tampering of evidence by moving the body like there's just a lot of things that could you know point to that conclusion yeah i in my opinion i think it's a either somebody that is in the family or B, someone that the family knows and that they're covering up for for some reason. Yeah. Because there's too many things that, like, just don't add up. Like like you said, like, the ransom note being two and a half pages, it taking them so long, them asking for the exact amount of money that the dad made for the Christmas bonus. Like, that's not something that, like, you can't Google how much does somebody make for a Christmas bonus. Like, that isn't a thing. This is also 1996 when this happened. you, You had to, like, physically be able to see the document that said, you are getting $118,000 as your Christmas bonus to be able to know that John Ramsey got that as the exact amount of money. And that's yeah. just, that, that's also not just like, like I said, it's not just a thing you guess. If he got like $120,000 for a Christmas bonus and you were just like, yeah, you know, like, what do you think we should ask for? I don't know, like 120000 I could at least be like, okay, like, you know, it's weird, but like, it's not the normal number I'd ask for, but it's an yeah. even number. You know, it's like 120. It's, you know, good. It's kind of, I don't nice know. Nice round number. Yeah. And then it's like 118. It's like, you know exactly what you're asking for here. Right. Like, right. You know, and you know that they have it because you know he just got that money. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those things that's like so weird. And then like the fact that there's no blood, like you have an eight inch gash on your your head. Like there's no way you're not just bleeding profusely. Right. Like, it's just, there's too many things for me that don't add up for it to be someone to just break in and do this randomly. And, like, the people that say, like, there is there is some evidence that someone, quote-unquote, broke in. Like, the window to the room that she was found in was broken, and then there was a single boot print outside. Because it is, you know, December, it is Christmas time, there is snow on the ground. They lived, I want to say, in Colorado. So, like, there was one boot print, but, like... Why one? You know, like if there's one, there's going to be a lot of them. Right. You know, if if there's – if you are going to make like any like steps in the snow, like you're either going to A, cover your tracks, or you're not going to leave one like boot print. So it's like one of those things yeah. where there's no like why would you – why would that even be there in a way? And also like if you – if there was only one boot, boot print, what like I would want to know what way was it facing – because in my opinion, like, if you're going to come in that way, you're also going to go out that way. So if yeah. it's just like, oh, it's just facing out, well, then, like, how'd they get in the house? Right. Because, like, right. if I get in, like, if I unlock, like, the front door and get in, like, I'm probably also going to go out the front door. I'm not going to unlock the front door and then kick down the back door and go out the back door. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to go in the <laughs> way that I came. So, like, yeah. if there was only one boot print, if it's – and it's, like, facing – 
like away from the house that almost remind that almost makes me think that like they were like all right like how do we sell this like someone broke in all right like let's yeah. smash this window and then like we'll go get like so-and-so's boot and just put in like stamp it in the ground and we'll be like oh like look at there's boot print out here and it's facing yeah. like away from the house you must have got out this way well like they didn't even think about like oh like how did they get in then yeah it's one of those yeah. things where it just is like it's crazy to me that one this was like never solved and i think it's a botch job from the beginning of it like they like screwed like the police like kind of screwed themselves over with this yeah just because like they never like i don't know it, it's just so dumb everything that they did from like start to finish just in general unsolved mysteries or crimes or murders or whatever you want to classify them as blow my mind especially in today's day and age with the amount of technology that we have available to us like I could understand it if it was like back in like the 70s or 80s, maybe. But like, I feel like after that, I it it doesn't make sense that there are people who are smart enough to not only outsmart the law, but outsmart any sort of technological advances that we've made to get them away from situations like this. Like, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and it is one of those things where like. Again, this happened in 1996, like the John death happened in 1996. So again, maybe it's not up to par with, you know, all the, you know, technological advances and or, you know, you know, regulations of what police need to do at a crime scene, which is why maybe they let the dad and the friend go look. But like, still, it's just, in my opinion, it's like almost inexcusable. We were like, dude, like, what the fuck were you guys doing? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's weird, dude. It's it goes back it all of these seem to be connecting in my mind at least to the Watcher episode where it's like the police were literally right there and like you could have had the guy and they just seemed to turn blind eye. I'm like, "Come on, buddy. Just go in that one room in the basement." Dude, okay, but that's one of those things where, like, I get why they did that, you know? Like, at the time when they get there, like, you, you're you thinking to yourself, you hear, you get the report, you know, you're going to search the house, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they're like, hey, like, my daughter's been kidnapped. And you're like, okay, let's, like, see possible getaway points. Let's see how they're going to do it. And you walk down to the basement – and you see that room, and you ask the the mom and the dad, you're like, hey, is this room always locked? And they tell you, like, yeah, it's always locked, and also the lock is only on the outside. Like, if you go to the other side of that door, you can't lock that door. And you're like, yeah, okay, then I'm not even going to check there because there's no reason. I mean, yeah, I understand that, but I feel like in an investigation like this, if you're going to someone's house, you, the the police or whoever's in charge of conducting this investigation should literally be searching every square centimeter of that house. I agree. I agree. I like there. There's like part of me that wants to be like, yeah, I probably wouldn't check there either. But then there's also part of me that's like, all right, if this is like, like this is a big family, like they're a very wealthy family, like I'm doing everything I can to like find them. So like, yeah, if I do. And I would love to know a little bit more about this, like kind of get into like deep about the guy who like did this first search, like, what if this guy was just like, yeah, like the dad like pushed me to be like, no, like there's no way they could have got out that way. Right. Because right. then like if, if the dad's saying that, then I'm like, all right, he knows something. Yeah. 
that's that's immediate manipulation right there. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's just so like almost frustrating in a way that like I want to know the answer to it. Yeah. And there there are so many cases like this, and I guarantee you we'll dive into more of them that are just unsolved, and you're like, dude, what is going on? Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. Yeah. But overall, uh, very, you know, like I said, probably the most infamous case, murder case of all time, unsolved. So let us know what you think about it. There we go. Well, appreciate all the insights today, Jack. Hope everyone learned a little bit of something from it. As Jack was saying, let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. We will catch you again on Friday for our regularly scheduled episode. Hope everyone continues to have a great week. And uh, in the meantime, keep them cold. Keep them cold, everyone.